Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We try the best we can to go by the Bible. Uh, People that don't want to admit that there's divisions and, and dispensations in the Bible just fail to rightly divide the word of truth. And so we we need to we need to look at these matters. We talked about um, innocence and uh, as the first uh, division or dispensation in the Bible. And if you go through the rightly dividing, you can pull up the, the, the playlist on the on the website. But we talked about dispensations versus divisions, and we tried to give a biblical understanding of both words as an introduction to going into this. But innocence, it was from the creation of Adam to the fall of Adam, that time frame. And we looked at how the big point that we're drawing out as we go through these dispensations is God doesn't recall that truth. Yes, there was a dividing line on the dispensation of innocence. But we see in Romans 5, verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So our creation, our physical birth to our willful transgression of the law, which would be us knowing that we sinned, that time frame before we we transgress God's law willfully, we would be covered by God's grace. This is why you can know that if a if a baby dies or a young child got, dies that has no understanding of right or wrong, no understanding of sin, and if someone that has mental capacities as an adult that causes them to lack understanding of what it means to willfully transgress God's law, God's grace covers that, and we praise him for it. So, yes, that truth was dispensed. We see that in the garden, but God didn't recall that truth. It's still active today, even in our life. The second dispensation we looked at was the dispensation of conscience. That was from the fall of man to the flood. That was after Adam and Eve have sinned. And after they sinned, they knew some things. They knew good. They knew evil. They knew that they were naked and they needed to hide from God. (laughs) And they knew that they needed to put some clothes on and Yeah, God had to help them out, put some more clothes on. But how did they know that? God wrote in their heart a conscience. So that truth was dispensed. And during that time, there was no written word from God and very limited communication from God. God basically spoke to Cain, Enoch, and Noah. And that was it. That was it. Uh, We see even in Hebrews 11, in in reference to, We see the by faith, uh, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. By faith, Enoch was translated. And his testimony was that he pleased God. By faith, Noah, he became an heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So God saves in the Old Testament the same way he saves in the New Testament. It's by grace based on the truth that's been dispensed to that person. They didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) They didn't have that truth dispensed to them, but they had a conscience. They responded to God 
and we see that roll call of faith. God saves by his grace. Um, so when God dispensed conscience, we have that active now. That truth, again, has not been recalled. We looked at Romans 2. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law or law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written where? In their hearts. No Ten Commandments. But God wrote something on their hearts. What was it? Conscience. Their conscience. Their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Why would a thought accuse or excuse? Your conscience. God wrote a work in each and every one of our hearts. Our conscience can convict us. But our conscience cannot save us. And we see innocence. Well, God had to intervene. Conscience. God had to intervene. And um, matter of fact, Hebrews 9, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Our conscience had to be purged through the blood of Jesus Christ. None of these, none of these innocence, conscience, none of it saves, but that conscience can convict, which brings us to the third dispensation, and that would be human government. Conscience was the pre-flood dispensation. Now human government is the post-flood dispensation. A couple of things to note regarding this as we move into this human government. Number one, before the flood, the Bible gives us no mention of nations and countries ruling and governing. We don't see that before the flood. What did they have before the flood? Well, they had past experience. They had the history of what happened in the garden. They had their individual conscience. But they didn't have any ruling government over them. In many ways, they were on their own. It was their conscience before God. But as we move, as we step into this dispensation of human government, let's go back to Genesis chapter 10, uh, because after the flood, it wasn't too long until sin started to abound. <laughs> Noah's found uncovered, drunk within his tent. And God, like he always has, and like we're always going to see, has to step in and help out. Genesis chapter number 10. Here's what we start to see mentioned in our Bibles. As, the, as God dispenses new truth. In verse number 10, watch what it says. Verse 1. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tiras. And the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and 
Riphath and Tagamar and the sons of Javan, Elishai and Tarshish, Kittim and Dodanim. Just if anybody's looking for some names, Genesis chapter 10 will give you. Uh, Dodanim is, I mean, that'll, that'll work. I don't know who would pick uh, Togramar, but that sounds pretty tough if you're looking for a tough name for a boy. But watch what happens here in verse 5. But these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. It's the first time we see nations now being mentioned. Look at verse number 20. These are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. Armies and kings and nations and all of that doesn't come into view until after the flood. We can see that. Look at the last verse in Genesis chapter 10. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. So we see that coming into view now. Look at Genesis 10 and let's look at verse number 8. My, my, my. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one. In the earth. So here Nimrod is introduced. You can learn more about him if you go and, and search our holiday messages. We got a bunch of stuff on, on Nimrod. But it says in verse 9, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and here it is, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. That's where we get the word babbling. That's Nimrod is introduced and Babel is introduced and watch what happens. Let's go over to chapter number 11. This is the beginning of that kingdom. Watch what happens in verse number 11. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. You would think that'd be a good thing. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. They wanted a name for themselves. They weren't in, they weren't looking to worship God they they built they built a city and a tower with brick and stone and slime and mortar and I know we have these pictures of you know they have the building blocks and all that and they're trying to build this tower to heaven here's I want you to think about this though you know what the space center has they have a launching pad you know what they build on the launching pad they build a launching tower <laughs> When that spaceship goes up, you know what goes up all the way? The top of it tries to get up. That's NASA's first program right there. That's something to think about. That's something to pray about. 
They're trying to get to God on their own. And you go down these space centers, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get to the moon, and then they're going to try to get to Mars, and then they're going to try to get to another planet. They want to get to God, and they're not going to get to God on their own. God will shut it down every single time because there's only one way to get to God, and that's through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that's the way it was. I'm, I'm, I'm just stating that it's something to pray about. You got a launching pad and they built a launching tower on it and they wanted to get to God. And the problem we have nowadays is people don't want to listen to God's plan of salvation. They distract themselves with other things that merits them man's praise and they miss God. They miss God. So you can get wrapped up in all this space program stuff. And isn't this great for humanity? I don't think it is. I think it's a lot of money that's getting blown up in space. You you put put a billion dollars into missions. You know what we could do? I don't think we're going to talk the government into that. I don't think we're going to talk NASA into that. But we can try to talk God's people into it. Anyway, the the idea is it doesn't matter if it's innocence, it doesn't matter if it's conscience, it doesn't matter if it's human government, man constantly drifts away from God. Well, if we just had this stage of innocence, well, Adam and Eve had it. (laughs) Well, if we just followed our conscience that's funny they had conscience didn't help them and well so what does god have to do innocence isn't going to work conscience isn't going to work god says i'm going to have to restrain you through a human governing ruler to get you restrained and so in genesis chapter 11 verse number five and the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. Now, why would God have to come down to see if he could just stay up there and see? That's something to think about. People say, well, God knows everything. Apparently, he didn't know that, so he had to come down and see what's going on. You're really that wicked? You really think? They really think they're going to get to me that way. I got to come down and see this. And so God comes down. The Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them. Okay, I'll I'll make the comment in a minute, which they have imagined to do. Go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. You see what God said in verse number six, and now nothing will be restrained from them. They're trying to get to God on their own. It's interesting that God doesn't, he doesn't say they can't do it. Now, whether they can or can't, okay, I I can't say definitively, but I can say definitively from God's word is, he said, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them. Now, God shut the whole program down, 
but it looked like they had the capacity, the intellect, and the wherewithal to say, you know what, we're going to make this thing happen. Did you ever think that we'd be able to spend a, send a spaceship all the way up and get to other planets? I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. There's some people trying to figure it out. There's going to be a news article that one day is going to come out. We're going to see it on one of these social media outlets or one of these big, big blow up headlines. Spaceship going to the third heaven. <laughs> I mean, it's coming. Somebody's going to be bold enough and blasphemous enough to say, you know what? We're going to heaven. Who wants to come? That's the heart of humans. They just want to do anything they can to try to outdo God or get to God. God help us. God help us. We drift away from God. But they have no restraint. They're beyond evil. And this is why we don't all speak in this world the same language. Because that Tower of Babel, 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 depending on if you're a Yankee or a Southerner, it's like amen or amen. It's God confused the whole the whole language. The great failure of sin during this dispensation was their failure to recognize God for their confidence. And they put, they put all their eggs in the basket of self-confidence. And they wanted to reach heaven. They wanted to get to heaven without God. And your self-confidence in yourself will kill your chances of salvation. It'll kill it. Because it will just cause you to deny God. Don't ever get to that place, young people. You need to know that there's a God that you're accountable to. And you want to put your faith and trust and all of your confidence in him. Because self-confidence will, won't be a good thing. But the people are scattered. Go to Genesis 16, if you would. After the people are scattered, you have leaders that rise up to be in charge of a group or a family, or a nation, whether that's small or large. And we see in Genesis chapter 17, look at verse number 5. The Bible says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make, thee, I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. See that nation's? See that kings, this scope of human government and this dispensation of human government, it's moving away from individual conscience and it's moving now to a broader scope of there's a, there's a human element that is ruling over small or large groups of people. And they are responsible They've been dispensed truth. Yes, they have a conscience, but they're responsible to dispense that truth to the people that are under their rule. 
And people now are answering to God through who their human governing leader is. You know, Israel's divided into northern and southern kingdom. And why was Judah the southern kingdom? Why did it fall into Babylonian captivity? I mean, Josiah cleaned the place out. He was a great king. He tore down all the idols and he wanted to return to obeying God's law, right? Well, praise God. Jehoahaz, his son, he didn't want to rule like his father. He ruled three months. Uh, Egyptian uh, uh, rule took him captive. But Jehoahaz, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And that Egyptian king, Pharaoh Necho, takes him. He ends up dying in Egypt. King Josiah wanted to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. There's blessings there. And the people were recipients of those blessings. His son didn't. He didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Captivity. So the Egyptian king, Pharaoh Necho, he put Josiah's other son, uh, Jehoiakim. He puts him in charge. So now he's ruling. He did what was evil in, in the sight of the Lord. Well, the nation of Judah is just ongoing sin. It's ongoing unrepentant sin. Matter of fact, 2 Kings 24, the Bible says, and the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees and bands of the Syrians and bands of the Moabites and bands of the children of Ammon and sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord. Why? Unrepentant sin, evil human governing kings, and the people who were under that rule paid for. The individual people are answering because of the human governing king. Jehoiakim is taken captive by king, good old king Nebi, Nebuchadnezzar. Babylonian invasion, it was God's punishment, ultimately, upon Judah for their sin. The nation fell because of the governing ruler's decisions. Now, Josiah was a great king. That doesn't mean his sons are going to be great. You can have an evil father and you can turn out to live righteous. Amen. You and I are accountable to God. Amen. You're not going to get to God on mommy and daddy's coattails. And you're not Amen. headed for hell because of mom and daddy's coattails either. You've got to make a decision on how you want to live. Right. I'm telling you, fathers, I'm a father. I'm preaching to myself saying the same thing. Under our rule. Under our home. With our wives as our helpmeets and our children under our authority. You are responsible for how that home is run. If you're a, you want to be a man of God, be a father that's after God's own heart. Raise those kids in church. Teach those children the Bible. Let them know what right is. Let them know what wrong is. Let them know that you're going to command th some things. You're going to expect some things. But you are responsible to God Almighty 
to raise those kids to love God. So when they're 18 and they decide they're going to go and start their own deal, at least they've heard it from you. And they start their own deal that has to deal, that has to, where, where God's in it. You got 18 years, you got 16 years, you got 20 years. And that goes by fast. So you got to make a decision. You're the human governing king of your house. You feel, you feel like a big man? I feel like a big man. You're a human governing king. Do it right. Do it right. Those kids don't have a choice. You know why we want to do the good news clubs? Because most of those kids don't have a choice. Most of them aren't going to church. Most of them don't have the opportunity. Pay attention, young people, that you have. That's why it's so important to be involved in public ministry of some type. Because there's a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old and an eight-year-old that needs to hear that God loves them because they know that their father that's ruling their home don't love them. How are you going to help a child meld together the thought that their heavenly father so loves them when they dread going home and they just want to sign up for an extracurricular activity because it'll give them one or two hours less with their father who they know that they go home to is going to be drunk and either smack them around or smack mama around. Human rulers mess things up. Fathers, don't mess up your home. Mothers, get behind your man. Get aside of him. And why do we want to reach the young people? Because for some kids, the best they have in this life is to just hear the gospel and get saved. Amen. Because they're going to go home to get punched in the mouth or seeing some type of abuse. And you can't wrap your mind around that because at night your dad prays with you and your mama tucks you in. And when you wake up, you've got a hot meal. And you don't know what it's like. And I don't want you to know what it's like. But there are rulers that are evil. And we have to rule the little kingdom that God gave us, our family, our local church. We need to, we need to heed God's warnings and the examples in his word. But the nation fell because of the ruler's decisions. Fathers, our homes can fail because of our decisions. So from the Tower of Babel to the first coming of Christ, People had a national identity. And they were dealt with by God based on that national identity. Now, they still had a conscience, but human government has now come into play. Why? Innocence failed to restrain them. Conscience failed to restrain them. So now we're going to have a human government restrain you. Remember, these men are not 
prophets. God is not speaking through them. But once people were divided into different races, and once they were divided into different languages, all of these different rulers started to come to power. I want to bring out the same point that we talked about in innocence. God dispensed that truth, but he did not recall it. Conscience, God dispensed that truth, but he did not recall it. We draw dividing lines. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. And we've been drawing these dividing lines as we go through the truth that God dispenses throughout the ages. But I want us to be careful that we don't say that that truth from God has been recalled. We looked at it. We talked about it in the beginning about innocence and about conscience. Now I'd like to look at it concerning human government. We go to Romans 13. That's the most simple and basic out of the New Testament. Romans chapter number 13. Romans 13, verse number one. Let every soul but me be subject unto the higher powers. I know that's how we read it. Because <laughs> I, mean, I read it like that. <laughs> you, you can't be that much different than me. I don't like being subject to higher powers. But it says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Well, well, well. It doesn't say the powers that be are the prophets of God or God speaking through them. It says that they're ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. In other words, human government ruling with the mind of God and the principles of the Bible should deter evil. You know the answer why they want to get rid of the Ten Commands in the courthouse. Look, we, we, we go through rightly dividing. I know that's for Israel. I know that. But people don't want thou shalt not. Okay. They want, well, what's the big deal? Human government, if they get the mind of God and the heart of God, they're going to rule better. Well, it's not terrible good words, but the evil. Wilt thou then uh, not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. It is so hard. To live in America and not teach the Bible or preach the gospel like it's an American thing. What are you talking about? Well, what we did yesterday, try doing that in a communist country. You see, we, we think that we are entitled as Christians to have the right to do all the things that the Bible tells us to do because we're Americans. I'm thankful to be born here and I'm thankful for the rulers that we have that are going to rule as close as they can to biblical principles. But I'm telling you, if we think we're entitled to have that all the time, we're just off base because 
how do you explain all of the people living in the countries that don't have what we have? We don't have an American gospel. Amen. We live in America. I love America. I'm thankful that we have the freedoms that we have and that I can stand up here without persecution and we can meet up here without having to hide in somebody's face. Thank you. Praise God for it. But I'm thinking of a missionary family now. That's out of a church in North Carolina that's over in Ukraine. And they aren't doing what we did yesterday. Instead, pictures pictures are sent of buildings next to their church house that have been blown up. But the refugees in their basement are safe and still alive. Don't tell me God's only working here in America. Don't tell me there isn't a reason for our church to get a hold of foreign missions. Don't tell me there's not a reason why we shouldn't get a hold of that idea. We don't preach an American gospel. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's going to go into every nation around this world. Communist governing rulers that are evil. They got to obey that power. We think that we don't have to obey what we don't like because the Gestapo isn't coming to our house with a gun pointing at us. Well, at least not yet. I mean, I'm sure it's coming down the pike. You hear what I'm saying? So we think they're not going to tell me what to do. You would not be thinking that in North Korea. You would be thinking, oh, God, please, please give us an hour, just a, w- a window of one hour, Lord, where we can pray and people are, can come into our basement and not be seen and we wouldn't get persecuted for it. That's what the prayer is. Anybody here get the voice of martyrs? Go, go, go and get that subscription. It's a free magazine subscription. And don't tell me, well, they're charismatic and all that. Just get, 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 look past all that, okay? Look past all that. I don't agree with a lot of their doctrine, but look past that. Yet Christians being persecuted for the gospel, the same gospel that we preach. We're so American. We're so American. And I don't say that to be unpatriotic. I say that to give us a better perspective of Christ and the people who are suffering under evil rule, the cause of Christ, under a human government that hates God. Matthew 11, verse 12, Jesus said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffer the violence and the violent take it by force. You know who gets to rule? The people that have more power. The people that have more ammunition. Well, I'm just going to get me a bunch of guns and I'm going to. You don't You don't have enough guns. If they come for you, you don't have enough guns, man. I'm just going to get me enough ammunition to hold them off. You, know, you hold them off for an hour. And if you want to go out, you know, dying in a pile of brass, then help yourself. 
But what are you going to do when they have a gun to one of your kids' heads? What are you going to go grab all your ammo? And this thing can get bad real quick. Just thank God that we have the window that we have. Because it can close real fast. Now who's your God? Now who's your God? I'm not going to jail for Trump. I'm not going to jail for the Republican Party. I'm not going to jail for any of these radical, extreme political groups. I'm not. I want to stay in my lane. Okay. If I'm going to be persecuted or I'm going to go through some trials or if I'm going to get locked up in jail, it's going to be for the cause of Christ. And in the meantime, I'm going to try to vote for the governing leaders that would that I think are going to do their best to get the mind of God so that I can be under their rule. <laughs> okay. Look at this bill HB 1944. And they want to, they basically it's going to start July 1st of 2022 where they banned obscene material and pornographic material in the public school libraries. That's a great thing. I'm for that. Let those guys govern. They're getting the mind of God, at least on that. Okay. We should rejoice in that. And that's a good thing. Proverbs 21, the Bible says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. We need to pray that God directs the thoughts of the hearts of whoever is ruling over us. We need to pray that they rule in harmony with God's order. Well, they're not. It's never going to be perfect. And you're right. They probably won't. And it never will be perfect. But I'm telling you, God gave us human government. He didn't recall that truth. And governing rulers can be a means of great blessing. And they can be a means of great strength. The bill that I just mentioned is one example of many that we can give. If their hearts are directed toward who? God. Our job as a New Testament church is to make sure we get the truth of the gospel in the hearts of as many rulers as we can and pray that God would direct them into a local church that teaches and preaches the Bible so they can get some truth from God's word and then go out and govern us civilly and politically with the mind of God. That's what our prayer is. Should be biblically. I think I'm staying in the Bible. That's what our prayer should be. Last verse and we're done. Man under human government though. Yes, it was dispensed back after the flood. But God never recalled that truth. And man under human government. We see it today as an effect. In Isaiah chapter 9. The last point I'd like to make. And then we'll close. Is that man under human government, it has no end. It is not going to end. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Watch it. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'm telling you, there's coming a day when the righteous ruler will rule. And he's going to set up his earthly kingdom and he is going to rule righteously. His kingdom will have. No end. And I got news for you. He ain't going to be voted in. He's going to come a riding in. Okay? He's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we serve. That is our commanding officer. We need to stick with what he has commanded us to do and obey our marching orders. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.